Oh, how fabulous. Hello and welcome to How Fabulous by Tony & Co. I'm Tony and today in this episode, I chat to a very fabulous lady, a very smart lady called Melissa Kirby. Now I met Melissa through um, my husband. She is a very fabulous lawyer. Um, and we go into what kind of law she practices. She has her own um, practice. She goes into what happened when Mensa came knocking at her door and asked her to be a member. So there's that. And how she got into doing the particular um, type of law in the particular industry, which is a really interesting, um, I think, um, industry for a woman to be in. She's obviously really smart, loves how stuff works. Um, and she's a lovely person. She's, you know, this foot, this, this high, tiny little lady, but she's a nugget. And I really love her. She's, she's a, she's a really beautiful, warm and, um, thoughtful person. So we go into that, Melissa, Melissa Kirby, I hope you enjoy this episode. I loved catching up with her and finding out about the how, what's and who's of her life. Welcome to How Fabulous by Tony & Co. I'm Tony, and today my fabulous guest is Melissa Kirby from Sharp & Able. Welcome. <laughs> Hi Tony, really great to be here. Thanks very much. Well, look, I actually wish we were rolling before because we went into this whole space of like why you why you started and what you do and but we will go in there now. No trouble. So, um, and we just have to talk over the rain that's coming in because it's a beautiful, <laughs> rainy, cold, overcast day in Melbourne, yeah. of course, but by this afternoon it could be quite sunny. Don't miss that. <laughs> I don't know. And then we've got our gas heater over there which is making a slight buzz so if that's what you can hear that's what it is it's pretty it's pretty casual and laid back here at Tony & Co all isn't good. it all good Tony all good yeah. um, so Melissa you and I met quite a few years ago that's right because you or through my husband Phil and mm -hmm. his business um, you're you are a lawyer yes now that to me, and I have a few friends that are lawyers, all doing very, very different law. What's your, what do, what do, what does Sharp and Able do? So what sort of lawyer are you? So if you ask what a lawyer does, you ask 10 different lawyers, you'll get 10 different answers. For me, being a lawyer is about solving people's problems, often at the most difficult and trying times of their lives. Hmm. Um, in terms of the sort of law that I do, so I work with industrial companies and industrial companies are companies that nobody really knows what they do. No, and neither do I, my husband actually. <laughs> That's what he does. So you can break it down for me, Melissa, and then I can go home and go, oh babe, so I hear that you do the blah blah blah. <laughs> He's been there for you know nearly 20 years and I still don't fully understand. Perhaps you can simplify it for me. <laughs> I don't think you need to simplify it. You just need to like see it in a different way. So industrials are fantastic and they touch every aspect of our lives. Next time you go on some public transport or go into say a big shopping centre or a shed 
or any large building, there will be aspects in there which industrials make and do that keep you safe, keep you comfortable. Um, so let's take resistors, which yes. is from your husband's business, Fortress Resistors, great company, by yeah. the way. Um, the resistors that they make, make sure that the electricity goes all the way from the power plant into your home or into your office safely and nothing blows up, basically. Hmm. So you don't know that it's there and I don't know it's there, but if we didn't know it's there, if we didn't, if it wasn't there, we'd certainly know about it because everything would blow up. So they're super, super important. So that's kind of the theme behind industrials. It's like the secret life of. And so if you go into, let's say, a big building here in Australia, we're incredibly, incredibly lucky because we have all of these things around us that we don't even know of that keep us safe. So for example, in Australia, like if you drive through a tunnel, okay? You drive through a tunnel, I bet you you don't know, Tony, because like I didn't know this until a client told me, that every 120 meters, there is this metal door. And you might have seen it when you're driving through. That metal door is there to keep you safe. And basically, if say the car three in front of you breaks up in flames, you can actually get out of your car, open that door, and run through that door into safety. I did not know that. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, so now we know that. Exactly, and the door is pretty special because it's actually got compressed air so that the smoke from any fire can't go in and the air actually pushes out so that when you're in the tunnel, you're actually safe. Amazing. <laughs> These are, you must have some some absolutely amazing facts about safety yeah. but about across everything so whereas say phil has only got you know that kind of area yeah. of amazing facts you've got twenty thousand different <laughs> i am super super lucky like our, like our clients are amazing and they build these companies that do these things that you and i would never otherwise think about yeah, but so essential Absolutely. for us just to be getting yeah. around on our business. Like going through the tunnel this, this morning. Yes. The, what was it, the Burnley? I was, no, that no, wasn't the Burnley. The <coughs> Mother Mother tunnel, tunnel. Yeah. And I'm going to look at that now. That is going to be exactly. the thing that I really look at. Exactly. Look at us competing for the rain. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's like drums. I actually. know. I love it. It makes it really authentic. Yeah. Wow, and so, 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 do you call yourself then an industrial lawyer? Is that the correct term? I, I guess so. I mean, there's no such thing because actually, as far as I know, we're certainly the first firm in Australia to specialise in the industrial area, if not the first firm in the world to specialise in this area. The thing is, um, 20 plus years ago, I won't say how many plus, but... But you're only 30, so how does that work? <laughs> so you were 10. You were 10 when you flattery, started. Flattery gets you anywhere at this point, Tony, but like, you know, it's basically last century. Um, I remember sitting in Manila, okay, and I was in Manila and I was sitting there with um, two um, biologists, I think they were, or hydrologists, and they came all the way over from France. And were you a lawyer at this time? I was a lawyer at this time. Okay, and what's a lawyer, lawyer, I'm going to make it up, what sort of lawyering 
were yeah. you doing? So the sort of lawyering I was doing was actually resolving a really big dispute because back then the World Bank had actually funded um, funded uh, to build this project in Manila to basically lay modern um, water and sewage. Okay, like you and I take it for granted. Twenty like, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, really? Yeah. Oh, well, it was longer than that. Um, but you know, 20 odd years ago is when it all blew up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this project had been going for some time, but like, I think we do take it for granted that like living in somewhere like Australia, we're one of the very few countries on earth where you can turn on the tap, you can drink the water. Yeah. Okay. Most places around the earth, they don't have that. And on top of that, they don't have sanitation. So it was a big thing that um, the World Bank and other organizations funded. Um, the building of this water and sewage plant and all of the pipes and everything that goes on with it. So towards the end of the 1990s, um, there was the Asian financial crisis that, you know, I, I don't know if you remember that, it probably didn't hit Australia as hard. But what happened is that a lot of the countries um, in Asia were really badly hit by this um, and their currencies basically dropped through the floor. Okay, now why this was important was because all of the loans for building infrastructure like, you know, those water plants and everything was in US dollars. And so if your revenues from, you know, people paying their water bills and everything is in pesos or whatever, and that peso is worth Buckley's all of a sudden, and you've got to pay your loan back mm. in US dollars, big trouble, big trouble, oh, exactly. Melissa. And so, as a lawyer, my job was to go in there and actually help s see if we could actually sort that all out. Um, it was, a, I mean, this case went on for absolutely ages. I didn't finish it. It went on for generations of lawyers. But, you know, the time that I was there, I was spending a lot of time in Manila. And I remember sitting there with a couple of people who came over from France and who were um, specialists in this area, that they were scientists, and I didn't really know what they did, but when I was talking to them, it was really, really interesting. Basically, they're the people who figure out how to turn crappy water, like with all the crap in it, into clean water. Yeah, and right. I was like absolutely fascinated. Yeah, it's an amazing, yeah. it, well it's so important, it is like yeah. water is life. Mm. I mean absolutely, and I mean like I could go Clean on for water. water. Yeah exactly, mm. I mm. could go on about water for a long time, but like it was just so interesting to me. And then, so my whole career I've been doing things to do with um, the industrial side of things because it's kind of like that secret behind everything. Mm. It's like, okay I get up in the morning and I turn on the tap. Huh, how did that get there? Yeah. A, if you trace it all the way back, there's thousands of people involved in that, mm. in bringing that water to your house. Mm, mm, so, mm. I mean, you know, I don't know if there's such a thing as an industrial lawyer, we're making it up, and we think there is, because we think that the industrial sector actually needs specialist lawyers, because their businesses are so complex. Mm. They're technically really, really complex, mm. and the, Stakes of getting it wrong are so high. Yeah, huge, ramif huge ramifications right? if you don't get it right. Exactly. Yeah. So just think about it like, say if you're a water plant, right, and you get a contractor in and that contractor is in there to like, I don't know, do maintenance. If they do it wrong, you and I could be poisoned. That's right. Right? So it's, it's a really big deal. So, you know, 
um, the sort of things that like me and my team do is that so you would, we'll you wouldn't be the lawyer for the maintenance team coming in you would be the lawyer for the the water well either either is fine but uh, okay. like we would be helping like draft and maybe negotiate the contract between them to make sure that okay maintenance guys let's say we're acting for the water company right maintenance guys hey this is what you got to do and if you get it wrong what's going to happen mm. so that's that's basically what i do so it's not about <clears throat> i guess what you're saying here is for yeah. that particular um example as well is that it's not about punishing that person it's yeah. you wanting to help them get it right exactly exactly and so we don't have poisoned water or, or exactly the trains don't smash or yeah the tunnels don't it's about blow preventing. up and, yeah pre it's preventing. about preventing yeah so i mean this is probably the area that we get involved in most in terms of type like types of transactions right we'll do quite a lot of that which i would say is preventative work occasionally though things do go wrong so we have to deal with the all shit hits the fan mm, type mm. of scenarios so that's the other end of the spectrum is like when things have gone wrong like we, we we very much take a preventative approach and so we hope to prevent things rather than have to clean up afterwards because it's always a lot more expensive and it's a lot less pleasant and a lot more people are hurt mm. when you have to deal with things yeah because it's not just people's yeah. feelings or you know they're having yeah. an argument about a property or something like that these are big these are kind of you know and these are big scale correct disasters that do yeah. affect a lot of, of people. people yeah wow and so can affect a lot of people as well if you mm. don't contain it properly so mm -hmm. you know it means that like you have to get your head around okay if something goes wrong here right what are the ramifications you know is it going to hurt just is it going to just damage property or is it going to be life that's going to be endangered and so you've got to be able to think all of those things in some ways like being a lawyer is like being the ultimate pessimist because you've got to think okay what if I this goes that. wrong and what this goes wrong and this goes wrong <laughs> the <You> ultimate <laughs> pessimist <laughs> it may also account for like the fact that like our profession has a ridiculously high level of depression and anxiety um which is a problem for our profession right now really um, is it i had no yeah. i was so unaware of it yeah but I, I mean i also tell like you know new lawyers who are coming into it i was like Yes, there are high levels of depression and anxiety, but if you think about it like a footy player, right? If you're playing footy at um, the top of your game, right? You're gonna get injured, mm. okay? Yep. And it's not necessarily, like obviously you wanna do everything you can to prevent that injury, like train properly, eat properly, blah, blah, blah. But if you do get injured, it's not the end of life. It's about managing that. Mm, mm. I mean, I yeah. sort of feel like there's no, there's no industry that kind of doesn't, doesn't have an element of stress, you know, stress at least. Even if you're working in an ice yeah. cream shop, there's people coming in, there's all, you know, there's every, every yeah. industry does. So, yeah. you know, um, I, so, so going back to this whole, so you, so 20 years ago, you said, you're talking yeah. to these people and then did it just kind of, when did you start your business then? Did it <laughs> so I have had, Tony, I have had the most incredible luck, I will say, throughout my Bullshit. career. It's probably just worked like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So I was so lucky. I just was incredibly bright and there you are. Just incredibly bright and I just did that and then things fell into place. Yeah. 
And well, I only worked like nine to five, <laughs> three days a week. Is that how you did it? <laughs> Let's say I wish, but like, I guess like, no, really, I have been incredibly lucky. Um, yes, I have worked hard, but like, you know, you can work hard and not be lucky. I just, I, I just got lucky. I have been so lucky. I've worked at the world's best firms with the best people in the world. And I'm really proud of that because like, I had a, an Australian and to some extent Hong Kong public school education. I went to the ANU, which was a fantastic university. I've got a good quality Australian degree. And I can tell you that like my colleagues have been from Oxford, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, you name oh, it. Yeah. And I've been able to hold my own. And I, and I put that down to the fact that I've had a really good quality degree from a really great Australian university. Wow, that's, um, that's amazing. So yeah, really lucky. And so like... And hard work. <laughs> Well, Lucky yeah, you, you've got to put in the hard yards. Well, what is it? How many years do you have to study to be a lawyer? Um, so it's going to take you a minimum of five years to be a lawyer, um, or five and a half, I should say, to become like, admitted as a lawyer. Um, so the path is quite a long one. Um, and then, to be honest, um, most lawyers aren't really good to any corporate clients before five years out, let's say. Really? So there's so, 10 years? There's yeah, 10 years? Yeah, yeah, there's 10 years easily. So that's 10 years of your life. And probably once you get to the five year mark, um, you're kind of useful to other people. <laughs> but before that, you kind of don't know what you're doing because as, as you said, Tony, like the, the businesses that we work with are complex. They're often very big. Mm. Um, and most people like coming through, you know, as a kid and as a teenager, will have never thought of this stuff before. I mean, why should they, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, it like I, I say to young lawyers coming through, it's a bit like doing law school is like learning ABC, okay? Because law is like a completely foreign language. It's like learning ABC. And then when you come out, you can do A to Z, okay? And you might be able to write cat and maybe able to spell elephant, right? But you can't write poetry straight away. Ah, that's, <laughs> okay. a, that's a wonderful way to look at it, to, to explain it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and so that's why like, it takes a good five years before you can write decent prose. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, but mm. it takes a much longer time before you can write poetry. And so that's why, you know, y you do need to take some time to get good at law. And learn how to photocopy and collate oh, yeah. those documents like in a suit. <laughs> because this is the thing, you know, a lot of people yeah. think that, you, okay, so you're a lawyer, so you yeah. must either do family law or be in suits, like suits. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, and just be all, you know, gangbusters like those guys, and yeah. then, you know, and, and then you've got a paralegal who's typing up all your no. stuff and doing all that. No, you do it yourself. Well, we do have paralegals who are fantastic. And um, we currently have a couple of paralegals with us and we couldn't do without them. They're, they're really great. We generally do our own typing. What? Um, <laughs> fun, fun fact, fun yeah. fact. My first job, my yeah. first paying job yeah. out of school was at a law firm. Oh, really? I know, can you believe it? Hilarious. As if I would be <laughs> what did you think about it, Tony? <laughs> Um, I liked going doing the rounds. Yeah, I was one of the I was a rounds clerk, oh, and lovely. I liked it because yeah. I got to get a toasted sandwich, get out of the office for <laughs> an hour and a half too. But this is you know it was schooling years ago. Yeah, and then I just walk around the shops and go into the courts and just drop a document here and there. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was very much not me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think like most law firms are like law's a very old profession, and mm. so it's got very yeah, set yeah, ways yeah. of they doing were, they things. They were pretty proper and, and doing stuff like that. Yeah, it was, and and everything's made me learn pretty quickly. I think you would be a really fun boss, though. I might, I might, I might I'm reconsider. not sure about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it does have a lot of formality and obviously, you know, if you're going into court, right, you're not going to go in there chewing gum and like, you know, go, hey, hey, dude to the judge, right? It, yeah. You've got to, it, it's like going into church, you've got to pay some respect yes. and, you know, do the proper thing. But like in an office, right, I mean, I think, okay, law has a lot of pomp and splendor and all of that, but how much of it actually helps us do good work for our clients? And anything that doesn't help us do good work, we ditch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, if you want to wear our boots and pajamas in the office, cool. Go as for long it. as you do the work. Yeah, as long as you do good work. And do you, so, I mean, do you yeah. end up in in a court yeah. often? No. I mean, is that part of it? Or no. you're, you're at an office yeah. writing up yeah. the contracts and yeah. the, the information Most of the stuff help. I'll do will be in the office. Um, it's actually funny that you ask about court because, like, being in court at the moment means being on Zoom. Really? <laughs> that's, that's strange. So that's been like a really huge change for the whole profession is um, not physically going into court, is mm. um, having everything online. Um, so it does change the dynamic somewhat. I don't do a lot of court work, but because, mm. um, you know, the whole goal of what, what we aim to do is prevent clients from mm. having to go to court. But, you know, sometimes when clients are very successful, it's a numbers game, you know? And if you do that many and, and you're building a company that's worth like, you know, $50 million, probably one of your projects will go wrong. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just numbers. Wow. So, yeah. And so do you, have, do you have a process? So when, yeah. so say you've got a new client coming on board and they, yeah. they um, make something that you've never heard of before, uh -huh. or even if you have, do yeah. you have to, like part of knowing how to prevent that from going wrong, yeah. you would have to 150% know exactly yeah. the ins and outs of what they do. Yeah. How much can your brain retain? My goodness. <laughs> I can't remember what happens yesterday. So if it's not immediate in my brain, like it's just, you know, it's interesting how our brains work very, yeah. very, very differently. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around something like that. It would just be not me. How do you do it? What I do you do? I think, Tony, you, you're underselling yourself, but um, it's what you're curious about. Mm -hmm. So you're good with people and remembering details about people, right? Mm. I'm good at remembering things about people's business and their products, for example, their service. Mm. <clears throat> so it's just like poking so you around. Love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I love it because love's a very strong word, but I'm really curious about it. Yeah, yeah, you want to know more. And I want to know how this thing works and what yeah. it does and why it exists and like, how do they make a business out of it and who are their clients and who are their suppliers? So I get curious. I actually really like going into a client's either factory or um, office or, you know, wherever they're doing their stuff, right? And just going and having a look and chatting to people um, and you get a contextual picture of what really happens. Mm. Um, and so, would, yeah. it, would it be true to say that maybe a lot of your clients, it's, it's a male kind of Very dominated so. um, industry? <laughs> Very much so a male Melissa dominated industry. Yeah, I'm five in, foot one. Five foot one, pocket <laughs> rocket. Probably a member of Mensa, no doubt. 
Aie? No. Is that Aie? Well, I got invited, but like I said, oh anyway. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Anyone I got invited, who's but I pay the amount to get your IQ test can't be that smart. Sorry, sorry, oh. Mesa, but like that was my that was what I thought at the time. So. Oh my goodness, I love that you rejected that. <laughs> I've been really broke in my life and it's like, do I really want to spend that money? And what, what is it? How much is it? Is it like... I can't remember. It just was a ages, lot. ages ago, but like, I was thinking like, surely if you want me to pay that amount of money to get my IQ test to join your club, it's like, that ain't that smart. <laughs> Make your own cover. Exactly. Make, it up, so, make your own cover. Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm not a really huge joiner, so um, I'm pretty independent and like it that way. Yeah. So, so yeah. When, after you rejected Mensa, yeah. then, then, so we're back to this male-dominated yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. industry. Sorry. Yeah. And, and so you turn up, yeah. huge, amazing, um, you know, smart beyond belief lady, who is yeah. literally five foot one, one to <laughs> yes. two, one to five two. Foot one. Five foot one. I'm happy with it. It's, I it's love cool. it. And she turns up and she goes, right, show me everything. Yeah. Tell me how it is. Do you get spoken to sometimes a little bit like, I have to dumb it down for oh, her because yeah. they won't know you. I mean, this would be the first time they, oh, they chat to you. This is fantastic. I mean, this is the part I really like. Hmm. I mean, and, and this goes to my sense of, I always like a little bit of sense of subversion. Um, <laughs> nothing like, you know, playing around with the rules a little bit. So mm. I remember going into one company and I, I'll just give you this example because like what you're asking about, I think it comes across really nicely in this example. I, I came into this company and this company had never had a lawyer in their Melbourne office, just fine. So they kind of didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> like I'm Asian, I'm five foot one. I'm like, what do we do with this lawyer chick? Okay, so they put me in a corner somewhere. And then I remember the general manager saying, okay, we've got to have a teleconference with Sydney. So can everybody come into my office and like we'll huddle around the phone and you know, have this teleconference. This was before Zoom and Microsoft Teams and everything. So we go into his office, right? And he's got this phone, you know, with all the buttons there. And he looks at me and he says, oh, Melissa, I don't know how to work the telephone. <gasps> You're really smart, so I'm sure you could do it. Rude. Wow, so, so what did you say? <laughs> oh, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall that day. So I said to him, I stopped for a moment because I knew what that meant. Like, you know, women do all the administrative and crappy work, right? Mm. So I said to him, yes, I do know how to use it, but you better watch carefully because I only teach once. <gasps> Sick burn. I love it. I love that you said that. So I, I, I guess, you know, yes, it is a male-dominated industry, right? But I think smart women can use the fact that they're different to um, excel and, you know, really do well in these industries. Mm. Yes, you do have to have a thick skin, but I think in some ways it's helpful because, look, in the industrial space, everybody's Andrew, Bob, Dave, Phil, whatever, right? Nobody forgets me. I'm yeah, the only chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and we can't forget and you. So that's you're good. like, yeah, five foot one, yeah. little Asian. Yeah, lady. exactly. Yeah. They're, they're not going to forget who I am. Mm -hmm. They might think, oh, you know, that guy Dave or Bob or whatever, but they don't forget me. The so guy guy. as long as what I say, like, and what I do is uh, effective, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. they'll, 
they'll remember. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I yeah. guess the work the, you do the work the work yeah. speaks for itself. You're exactly. very, very, very good at exactly. what you do. And if it, if you weren't, that would yeah. mean nothing. Wow, absolutely. Uh, so I I think you know the whole thing about being in a male dominated industry, right? I think it only becomes an issue. Uh, look, I, I I can't say it only becomes an issue. It is an issue, but if you know your crap and mm. if you know what you're doing, you back yourself, right? Mm. You can do well and use the fact that you're different. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. it's a two sword. It's a two-sided sword. Yeah. Okay. And I guess that's the thing. Knowing that you are good at what you do. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what you look like or what gender no. you are. And no. that's the under underscore thing. Yeah. You know. It means I, it's tougher, particularly at the beginning, because. Yeah. You know, yes, I, have I been taken as a secretary? Sure. Mm. Have I been asked to type up a, a male partner's dictaphone tapes? Yes. Have I been asked to, like, you know, do the formatting on a document? Sure. But mm. you know what? I can do all of that and do your job as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, <laughs> yes. You yes. know, you, you just got to be, I, I, I think the thing for a lot of women and a lot of people from minority groups is like, Yes, the world is unfair. I get it. It should be fairer. And we know that. But in the meantime, right, do you have to be two or three times better than everyone? Yes. But at the end of the day, right, you're the one who benefits because you're the one who's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's fair because it mm. isn't fair. But like, if you put in the hard yards and if you're really damn good at what you do, right, the person who benefits is you. That's right. That's exactly right. No matter Shit what you're hard, doing, but yeah, it is it real hard. You know, mm. that's that's what it is. Mm. I would imagine yeah. that you'd be a fantastic mentor to have. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, but like, I I am very lucky that like I have a couple of like I don't know if they're mentees, just friends who are younger than me, mm. and like I had a mentor before mentoring became a thing. Mm. Um, I think it's an important thing to do. I'm not yeah. sure. I think I had sort of over the years lots of people I looked up to, yeah. you know, and, and asked questions of. But yeah. I think it is a really, you know, especially when you're younger, getting into any industry, you're like, yeah. what, what's going on? Who can I, who yeah. do I trust to talk about stuff? Exactly. You know, who knows? Who knows the business? Who, who, who is, who is going to take me under their wing and and help me with all the the craziness that can happen you yeah know? In, um, in some ways like I think we all need that mm. somebody who we can trust mm. and also just in life really yeah I think, you yeah know. it's like what does this mean and at different stages of your life you've got different questions mm. well we were saying so, before yeah. before this camera started rolling that you know you're a, you're at an age yeah. where you care less about what other people think oh, absolutely. anyway yep. I, I'm kind of a few years yeah. older than you and yeah. definitely I feel the same way <coughs> and that's been sort of a I am not so much a thing but yeah something we've talked about with a lot of the guests on here is that yeah. you know becoming older not only is it a privilege it is it really is but yeah it's you're more inclined to um, be okay with saying no to people mm. um, and and backing yourself more and yeah. just going well if you don't understand if you don't understand me or what I do that's okay it's okay as well you exactly. know because we can still be in the space and yeah and and still be okay so I'm really curious and I didn't I didn't ask this before so 
when you're like when you're a little one yes is that did you want to study law like oh, were you no. forced were you no, did no, you no, have no. older siblings did they go oh, you must be a blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> like how did, how did it all come oh. to how did it all come to light oh okay so i originally wanted to be a ballet choreographer <laughs> what that's going in your bio <laughs> i love it yeah so a ballet choreographer not a dancer but a choreographer okay interesting and um because i did ballet from you know everybody does ballet at age five because you get pretty dresses and and things like that i didn't it's cool <laughs> really? i think i always had a really um what's the word maybe sheltered upbringing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just wasn't yeah anyway sorry if go. you grow up in the burbs Excuse me. If you grow up in the burbs like I did, um, I grew up in the western suburbs of New South Wales. It was pretty rough, and like every little girl does ballet or some variant of it, where you get to dress up and you yeah, know, yeah, fun, have fun sparkly stuff, stuff right? Yeah. Um, the difference being that I continued and I kept going until I was probably about seventeen or eighteen. Um, but then I found that like. Unfortunately, like ballet, like a lot of sports and stuff, like if you don't grow the right shape, you just can't do it. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't play basketball if you're five foot one, sort of. Or not professionally, yeah. So s certain things didn't happen. Um, so I thought I'd go into, you know, drama or movies or something instead. Um, but that didn't happen for various reasons. Um, my mother wasn't too happy about that, but that's okay. Um, what about not getting into acting? <coughs> oh no, I got in. I, oh. got, I got all the offers and everything. But like, I think like many Asian parents, like the idea of going into the performing arts is like, no. That's a ho <laughs> that's a hobby. That's not a real job. Exactly. Mm. Like you're not going to make a living out of that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, I did law for very spurious reasons because I didn't do very well in maths and wasn't very good at maths and still am not very good at maths. So for my high school certificate, I didn't do maths. I did biology. I can cut things apart and tear them apart and stuff. So I kind of looked at my grades and thought, okay, I can't go into medicine. I can't go into economics because I don't have maths. So really law was a product of two things. One is that was probably the best thing I could do with my grades. And the other thing was I was sitting in the canteen with another guy having a beer and he said, I'm doing law. And I thought that sounds like a good thing. <gasps> the guy, do you ever talk to that guy? Because he's like shaped her whole future. Exactly. So, it, I mean, it's totally spurious. Like yeah. I went into law and then sort of stuck at it because that's what I trained for and then just kept going and then developed your interest in it yeah yeah it, it's not it's not like I set out to be a lawyer I did not set out to be a lawyer at all yeah. it just kind of happened and then I found that I was reasonably good at it well people keep paying me anyway mm. so I'm reasonably good at it and then I found out that I actually like it so it certainly wasn't the other way around <laughs> and if you so here's the thing yeah we'll, we'll finish off with this question if yeah. you weren't yeah doing law yeah what would you be doing tough question I probably would be back into ballet choreographing or I, I probably would be something in performing arts like either 
choreography or directing or something along those lines. I can imagine you directing. <laughs> I can imagine you bossing people yeah, around. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at bossing people and around. And directing people. <laughs> and, but doing some sort of, um, like you'd be a, um, the, the director of a festival or something yeah. like that. That's what I can yeah, imagine you I, doing. I, I could certainly do something like that. I think the, in the end, Tony, like when you say what else I would be doing, in the end, I found that no matter what you do, if you do it well, it all comes back to the same thing. So if you're really, really good at maths, like I have a guy who works with us and he's a mathematician. What he does is incredible, right? But like, you know, I also have a friend who's a mom and what she does is incredible. Mm. And so yeah. no matter what you do, if it's incredible, it all comes back to the same spot. Yeah, I like, I like the way you said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is about being incredible it's about being fantastic it's about being fabulous and so it kind of doesn't matter what it is that you do as long as you do it really exceptionally and with, well. with with your heart, heart and your head exactly and you you've got to be there you've got to yeah. own it yeah. so that I, I think it all comes back to the same place that's what i figured at this stage of life so yeah i love it Thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing your story. No, it's really my pleasure, Tony. It really is. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you so much. That was. I'm just thinking about all these other questions maybe I could have asked you, but maybe come in again for another, <laughs> maybe another episode. Well, I'd be very interested to see because like, I can just see your podcast and your YouTube channel really taking off. So oh, it's we'll like, see. You know, <laughs> Yeah, all of these undiscovered people and things and stories. But like so, you yeah. just said then, you know, yeah. if you're doing what you love doing yeah. and you're doing it with your head and your heart and yeah. you're moving it forward, then that's what you need to be doing. Yeah, it is. So there's is. that. Yeah. I love that little so. gem. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. So if you like what you heard... Be sure to subscribe, like, comment, share it. You can also find Tony and Co on Instagram at Tony and Co underscore styling underscore production, and that's T O N I A N D C O. You can also find the visuals of this podcast on YouTube. So just search us up at Tony and Co. Bye.